I'm Yvette Walker, the host of the Positively Joy podcast, where we discover that joy is not a feeling, it's faith. You can find previous episodes at PositivelyJoy.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. However you found yourself here, you are welcome, and I believe it was truly God-destined. We are in Season 3, and this season has taken the podcast into the vantage point of what joy is. I'd like you to listen to each episode this season through the lens of how Jesus Christ defines joy. John chapter 15, verse 11 reveals this when Jesus tells us to keep the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Enjoy, and I pray you receive the message the Father has for you. If you're listening to the show, you're already a member of the Positively Joy family. But now you can actually join our new membership levels and support the show while getting bonus content and free merch. Go to PositivelyJoy.com to learn more. Welcome, welcome to Positively Joy and the House of Joy. That's right, it's another Clubhouse collab. I am replaying the Clubhouse room that we had on Friday in the House of Joy. It's every Friday at 6 p.m. on Clubhouse. And we are talking about scripture this year. You'll recall that I am picking a scripture every week that one of you has given to me as their favorite scripture. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here we go. Every week we are picking one of these verses to go through, but not just the verse. We are actually going through the whole chapter. So uh, just to give a shout out, this week is the week of Angel McCoy. She is a fellow podcaster. Um, she used to uh, have a segment on my show, Positively Joy, where it was Angel Reads the Bible. Literally, that's what she did. Angel Reads the Bible. But she has selected Galatians 2.20 as her signature verse. And so we're going to look at Galatians 2 today. Galatians 2 is an interesting chapter, I think. It's, it's one perhaps that most people maybe don't refer to, uh, Galatians 2.20, uh, which is, and I can read it here in a moment, uh, is something that we certainly do refer to. Uh, you will recognize it, for I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. So let me go actually back to Galatians 1. In 1, we he begins his letter to to the Galatians, the churches in Galatia. And he is really in many ways talking about what he is doing and how he was called by God. So we, we really hear some of the origins of Paul and how he was before, but also we hear uh, his travels. So, you know, how he didn't go to Jerusalem Im- immediately. He went to Arabia. Later, he ter- returned to Damascus. Um, you know, he got acquainted with several people, Cephas and James, uh, the Lord's brother. He went to Syria and Sicilia, and then we get to chapter two, which is where we will begin. And we learned that after he was in these other places, after 14 years, then he went up to Jerusalem. And then we learn a little bit about him being accepted by the apostles and and how he truly, truly, Paul was one of the first inclusive folks. He wanted to include 
a lot of people, even when other people did not want to be so inclusive. So we will start here. Uh, Galatians chapter two, verse one. And it goes out, if you would later like to read, just let me know. I'm just going to jump in here though. So it is titled Paul accepted by the apostles. And uh, just for anyone who just came in and we're about to read Galatians two, this is the house of joy. Uh, we meet here every Friday and we are looking at a different scripture, really pouring into it every Friday at six. All right. Then, after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure that I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. So I'm going to stop there. So he, you know, he is he is writing this letter and he is explaining um, basically how he is getting involved and in entering uh, the groups of the apostles and how he was accepted how he was not forced to be circumcised. And, and all of this, I think, really speaks to what Paul thinks about different kinds of people and what Paul thinks about different kinds of people who are seeking and trying to hear the good news. Um, I think he focuses on this because he it is for everybody. And the good news was given to him by God alone and not even by man, who I think we will hear a little bit later. So um, just curious what you uh, and goes what um, are you taking anything from this just yet? I just think that it's so interesting how they sent the the Hebrew of Hebrews <laughs> to the to the non uh, to the non uh, Jews and how it's just a a wonderful illustration of how expansive God's ministry is, and we can we can see that in Him being steadfast in something that really like it's so not in His background or His training. It it has to be divine intervention that causes Him to to uh, to feel this way and 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 carry on this message and 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 uh, defend the the new believers. Absolutely, absolutely. And he never shies away from telling people about his background, does he? I mean, he, you know, he, first of all, he's known. He's well known for his, his past life, what he did in persecuting the Jews. So he never shies away from that. 
he never tries to hide that. Um, you know, he, and I think that's great, but he is just so, um, upfront about saying that this good news is for everybody. And, um, I will, uh, I'll go on just a little bit more. So we stopped at verse nine, where he was talking about, uh, God is at work in him as an apostle, uh, to the Gentiles. James, this is, uh, this is verse nine now, James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Now, let's not get it twisted. Yes, you're right. Um, and goes, I, Paul believes this is for everybody, but it still was his role to go to the Gentiles and James, Cephas, and John's role to go to the Jews. And I mean, that makes sense. You know, it does make sense because Paul is, you know, is not someone that they perhaps would trust. This next section, though, um, is interesting because even though he's just mentioned Cephas, along with James and John, as being esteemed pillars and welcoming him, he takes odds with Cephas. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Whoa, wait a minute. We just talked about him spending time uh, with Cephas and with some of the other apostles. In fact, in, uh, in Galatians 1, uh, we learned that he got acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him for 15 days. Uh, so now Cephas has done something that he definitely takes issue with. So let's hear what this is. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged in the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Okay, Paul. <laughs> he is not mincing words. He's not mincing words. Um, I think a lot of people like Paul because he is, he's speaking the plain truth. He certainly does not couch his opinions. So he's challenging. Then he says, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person who is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So he is saying that a person is not justified by works, but by faith. We hear this. This is not the first time we've heard this. We, we do hear this uh, in, the, in the New Testament in particular. Um, because, because Jesus, while Jesus has come to uphold the law, he still comes to let people know that there is, there is more than that. Um, so Paul says, so we too have put our faith in, G in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified in faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, 
because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. I'm glad he put that in there. (laughs) If I rebuild what I destroy, then I really would be a lawbreaker. Paul is challenging. He is challenging people who are trying to divide. He's challenging people who are trying to be pretending to be one thing in one company and then acting another way in another company. And he's challenging people who, frankly, are not acting like Jesus. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. Um, I've been talking. If somebody wants to jump in, agree, disagree. I, hi, everyone. I hope um, you ladies can hear me. Yes. Hi, me. Okay. Thanks very much. Hey, um, I really, really love Paul a lot because he is um, he's straight, straight to the point. And um, even when you go back into Acts and you find out the story of Paul when he was called into the Sanhedrin to come persecute uh, the Christians and the stoning of Stephen, you see that he was a man that really followed the law and he was a well-learned person. You know, so now that he's converted and he's been given this mission, he's been given this gospel to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. And that's one of the main reasons why Paul, um, I think for a while, Peter couldn't, Peter couldn't really stand him because they were really disagreeing on certain things. Because, um, and later on, you could see where he came up and said, you got to listen to Paul because Paul's, Paul's stuff is the real deal, and it's sometimes difficult. Then, but he's he's got his heart is really after what God has really entrusted him to 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 really do. And um, yeah, so that's that's all that um, I really love Paul Paul a lot, and there's a lot of good stuff that he he wrote. Absolutely, thank you so much for that, Nee. Um, you know, this is a relatively short chapter compared to some other ones, but I mean, but it's pretty powerful. It is powerful. So he ends it again, talking about the law for through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I think that's really important. And it's not even our big, famous blockbuster quote. It's right. It's right before it. But I think this is pretty awesome. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for, for God. Remember, he is talking about his fellow apostles. Um, in, in particular, he is talking about Cephas, who he believes, uh, you know, was, was wrong in his actions of living one way and then claiming that that way was was not right and, um, you know, basically kind of blasting other people. And Paul says, it's not the law, it's living for God. Now here's our famous blockbuster quote. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In chapter one of Galatians, he explains that this conversion, this revelation came from no man. 
It only came from Christ. The gospel he preaches is not of human origin. He says he says that very plain in chapter one. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. So he has received this from Christ. He has, and in that way, I have been crucified with Christ and no longer live. No longer living in that old Paul way. No, well, no longer living as Saul, right? Saul has died. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's very much Paul. It's very much Paul. And I know that in many cases he wrote to the churches because he needed to deliver a message to them. In some cases, they had gotten a little unruly. I can't say that I am, I'm not that knowledgeable about the church of Galatia. Um, and Gozai or Ni, are you, do you know what was going on in, uh, in, the, in the Galatia that he needed to write to them? Some foolishness, I'm sure. Yeah, some foolishness, because that's what he did. I mean, he had to he had to write to these churches and try to get them in line. Um, I think um, um, Paul was, <clears throat> again, since he was planting a lot of those churches, since he was planting a lot of those um, churches, he had to set them back straight, you know, because um, within those three years and traveling and planting churches, a lot of people from... Um, like when you read some of his writing, it, it kind of explains because I think it says such where some of you, you know, you had drunks, um, whatever, in other in, improper immoralities that was going on and trying to drift them away from those things that they were once upon a time and bringing them back for them to truly understand what the gospel is. So when you read some of his letters, you you kind of realize that he was trying to um, let them realize who they are now that they're in Christ Jesus, you know. And then um, this is just a Snapple um, fun fact, if it's um, if Snapple did put stuff about the gospel. So um, that would uh, be awesome if they did, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did read something just because you said Paul uh, when he got because we have been taught about Paul being transforming and he had to take the name from Paul to Saul. But um, so Paul had two names, which one was Saul and one was Paul. Right. His 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 Roman name was Paul. And his Jewish name was Saul because Paul's father had, um, they, they had a land when Romans took over. So once if you have the land, um, they automatically make you a Roman citizen, right? And then since Saul was preaching to Gentiles, the best name for him to use was his Gentile name, which was Paul. So then he decided to use that name, Paul instead of using Saul, because he's the apostles to us Gentiles, right? Because if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, you know? So that's just a Snapple <laughs> fun fact <laughs> that I also found out and uh, I'm, I'm sharing, you know, because there's no way in the Bible that actually says, like, when the scale fell off his eyes, um, he, he God changed his name. But I think it's just something that everybody preaches for us to kind of understand. Yes, yes God can change our name, you know, 
He can change our name, can change our lives. But again, when Paul got that revelation from Christ himself, you know, it was like, okay, because it went, it was a while before he changed his name into Paul. Um, and he was an awesome tent maker too. Uh, <laughs> I yield the mic back to you. <laughs> I love the fun facts. That is great. That is great. Well, actually, I did go back and uh, look look at Galatians one a little bit, and and goes eyes right there. They, there's some foolishness. Apparently, they were deserting uh, Christ and turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. He makes very very clear in one and backing it up in two that he was called by God, not by any other man. That's the only gospel that we that we need to try and that we need to not have this foolishness of not being inclusive and trying to separate people. And that the only reason why he's talking to the Gentiles and that the other apostles are talking to to the to the circumcised people is because, I mean, I guess it, it really makes sense, you know, and and. True enough, when we do try to communicate a message to people, we do try to meet them where they are, right? Which Jesus did that all the time. He met people where they were. Um, I'm going to finish it with the very last line. This is verse 21. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. I mean, this man... That that statement alone, then Christ died for nothing. It is really, really like to me, I think that is really, really strong because we were doing um, I was teaching on James chapter two, verse 14, you know, um, faith, faith without works is 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 dead. You know, and somebody had pulled um, two verses, eight chapter two, verse 20. And I was like. Let's go to the 21 because the 21 is really, really powerful, you know, because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. a lot of people, there are some people who still live by the law thinking their good works is what is really going to save them, you know. But Paul also wrote in Ephesians, letting us know that we were saved through grace by faith, you know, not of our own doing. So we may not boast out of it. So if if our works could have saved us, then that crucifixion would be in vain and Christ didn't die in vain for anyone. Absolutely. And we would need, we would need a whole other, you know, time to talk about the present day application of that. Uh, you know, it is, it is by faith, not works. So, and I'm, and I am just as much of a sinner as anybody else. We get so busy. We try to do everything. We're trying to serve at church and do all these things. And, and we're doing the podcast and we're trying to write I and mean, we're doing all these things in, in many cases in his, in his honor, in his glory. But that's not what is going to get us to heaven. I mean, we're already if we if we believed and we said we believe in Christ and we spoke those words and we feel it in our heart, we're already saved. It is. And I got to get back to joy. Right. We don't need to do any of those things to try to buy our way into heaven or try to or try to buy our way to getting saved if we truly feel it, we are already saved. We do that as an expression of joy. We want to do these things. We do this as an expression of joy. We don't have to do them. And if we're only doing them to get something, but and not to feel the joy of the Father, because we are honoring Him, we are obeying Him, and that's the definition of joy, 
my joy anyway, the way I read it in John 15, then we are doing it for the wrong reason. That's a whole nother show, which which is something I really do. I think it's a great one and we should do that. But um, yeah. And, and like you said, Nee, you know, you, you were talking about in your other uh, teaching, you were talking about 20 and you said, no, let's go to 21. This is why, one reason why I am doing these series this way. Someone gives me a Bible verse. Today it was 220, Galatians. But, but in, this, in this room, I want to talk about the whole chapter and sometimes even going to the chapter before because it's the context. It's, it's what is around that famous quote that can be so much more, just so much richer and so much more fulfilling when we don't just, and it's not a bad thing to quote scripture, not at all. Um, but, you know, just knowing that one line, if we knew really what's all around it, it's just so much better. I, I would agree with Amen. you. Yeah, I would totally agree with you because I think a lot of people just take that one aspect and twist it all around and use just that one. But you realize that it might not be, you know, I, I did a um, Instagram um, video one day on my way to work. And I said, if I told you your favorite Bible verse doesn't really mean what you've been told it meant, are you going to agree with me or are you going to disagree with me? You know, and a lot of people um, like, no, I'm not going to agree with you because what do you mean? I was like, Sometimes you have to read it, you know, because um, especially when it comes to Paul, like if, if one is um, out of First Corinthians chapter 14 and people only stick to the verse, um, the verse two. But when you read the whole thing and you go before it and you're reading all those things also, you understand what Paul is, is trying to say. So, I mean, we got to read it and apply it to uh our present time, you know, and and truly understand, you know. And if you don't get it, there's so many chapters or different um, books in the Bible that is going to tie that in and make it and make it and make sense um, out of it, you know. And th- I think that's that's a way that when we study the Bible, it makes a lot of sense, and we don't get confused because the Bible used to be confused. To me, you know, till I started studying it that way and picking out a verses, and you look at it and it's like, wow, this verse actually ties into this, and it makes sense. And then just like I invented something new, I get my eureka moment, and I'm running from the basement and going upstairs to go talk to my wife, and she's like, okay, what is it now? You know, <laughs> it's like it's like when I found out Matthew chapter four and look a hey, Matthew four four and Luke four four said the same thing. It was like the light bulb just lit in my in my head, you know. And I've been a Christian for a long time, and finding that out is like the very first time I tasted um, apple pie. You know, it was just like oh, you know. So yeah, um, I, I love it. I love it. I I do too, and and I that's one reason I that I I really like what we're doing um, because if you if you did not grow up in a Bible church if you did not grow up uh, really really uh, into reading in the Bible no matter if you went to church every Sunday like I did um, and my background was not really to to read the Bible 
uh, it was to go to church and to listen to listen to the scripture of the day and listen to the sermon, which often did impart a lot of knowledge about that particular scripture, but not just to jump in the Bible. I really, I haven't, and I, I, I'm not a Bible scholar and I haven't read the entire Bible working on it, um, but I have read so much of it now in the last three years of my life than my entire life. So um, wanting to spend some time on these chapters every, every week. Next week, we are doing Philippians 1.6. You've been listening to Positively Joy. Thanks for spending some time with us. Go to our website at PositivelyJoy.com where you can subscribe and follow, find previous episodes, seek inspiration, and check out our cool merch. Go to the Talk tab to leave us a message. Special thanks to Morel Sanders for our podcast music. And as always, farewell for now. <laughs>